Peace of Christ to you all. Hey, Peter. Peace of Christ. You know, even then as we were doing the, the peace of Christ, there may be different ways that you encounter one another. There's always that, that awkward moment. You know, do you shake hands, fist pump, elbow, or do you, do you hug? You know, you always wonder different people have different ways that, you, that they encounter each other, even in that uh, short moment. And, and around the world is the, the same way. You know, different ways that people greet one another from different nations. we got some pictures just of different ways that people encounter one another. You know, uh, here is one where this is the, the customary way, I guess, in this particular part of the world to say hello. Uh, I like that uh, way of, of encountering and greeting one another. Um, and, and then here, when you encounter one particularly of, of a high authority where you um, uh, encounter each other in, in that um, way. And then an, another way, that uh, not a common way that I've seen or experienced, but in parts of the world where it's the old, it's the forehead um, bump saying hello. And then other ways, using other elements, other customs, you know, that you encounter each other, using water, uh, other um, uh, uh, ways that we uh, say hello um, to each other. Um, and here, you know, the, the kiss kiss way, the air kiss way, you know, certain parts of the world and Southern California, you, you see it there um, a lot. And then, you know, from adult to child, you know, the pat on the head, um, other uh, ways of encountering each other. In some parts of the world, they grab wrists when they encounter um, one another. I think Howie Mandel might like that one, if you know. He, he doesn't like the, the hand hand shake. Or the other, other ways, certain, certain eastern parts of the world where you bow to one another with the, the, the hands, um, palm to palm, uh, ways of encountering each other. Different ways that, that how we encounter each other around the world, and there's others. Um, the uh, um, I, I remember um, one I forget where it was where they would always put their when they would greet each other, they'd put their hands over their hearts, saying "You're in my heart." Was a play, way of in, encountering and greeting one another. Yeah, it's the same way with how we encounter God. You know, each one of us has, has different ways that, that we encounter God. Now, we, we believe that God is present wherever we go. There is no place that we can go that God is not fully present. I mean, it's the very nature of God. But e each of us, uh, we have different preferences or different personality types, different learning styles where we encounter God in our everyday life in different ways. Now, last week we, we talked about, but we have an expectation that we're going to encounter God. You know, we, we have, for example, you know, a day like today where there's rain or other forms of frozen precipitation. You know, we are prepared. You know, and we're prepared by, you know, we take our umbrella. You know, and that's preparing for 
our engaging, encountering the rain. Now, we, we want to, in the same way, prepare for encountering God. We want to think about what are the ways that God regularly encounters us and the ways that we work in encountering Him. And we want to you know, flip the umbrella upside down so that we can catch what God is saying to us, how God is leading us, how God is poking and, and prodding us. But there's just different ways that we encounter God um, it, when we gather in worship, like right now, and when we gather with, with God wherever God sends us or wherever we go. And just as we gather in worship, you know, there's different song preferences, different folks like to, with their eyes closed or their eyes open, like sitting or standing or, or kneeling, the whole variety of ways that we worship God together and encounter Him together, just as we do in our everyday life. Now, our, our passage for this, this series as we talk about worshiping God in every day, not just Sunday morning, but on the Wednesday afternoon and on uh, Saturday night, um, is Romans chapter 12, verses 1 through 2. And, and we're using a, a particular translation called the message. And uh, it helps put it in just a, a real um, friendly language um, for us. Um, so uh, before we say this together, let's, let's pray. Gracious God, speak to us through your written word. Encounter us through your written, written word in this moment. Um, in, enable us at this time to prepare for what we need to do. Uh, whatever we might be, um, Lord, help us to be aware of how you've created us so that we can best receive um, what you have for us that we can best encounter you in this moment. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. All right, I'm going to ask you to stand as we say uh, this together. Uh, Romans 12, 1 through 2. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life. You're sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life. And place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for Him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what He wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Yeah, you, know, you capture in that verse of that sense of, you know, it's the everyday walking around life. It's the, the doing laundry, going to work, doing homework, playing games. Yes, even professional football is one where we believe God is present and called to follow and live in His ways. And so in our everyday life, we, we want to fix our attention on him. Our everyday life, we, we want to encounter and hear what he has for us in the everyday, ordinary moments of life. 
So what, what I want to do today is just do a survey of a, just a couple ways that, that we encounter God in the scriptures that tell us how God reveals himself to people and how different people at different times. Uh, there's a, I mean, that's really what the whole scripture is, is God encountering his people. So these are just a few um, ways that we can get some, maybe some principles from and think about how God might encounter us this week, or even reflecting over how this last week that, that maybe we've encountered God and didn't recognize it in the moment, or maybe we did, um, and then even reflecting on what we did with that uh, when we did think it was that God was nudging us or prodding us or speaking to us. All right, the first passage is in Psalm 46, um, verse 10. <clears throat> Be still. And know that I am God. I am exalted among the nations. I am exalted in the earth. Now, this is a whole bunch of passages in, in Scripture that, that talk about the, what we might call the contemplative. You know, the, the meditative, the, the being still and, and quiet, getting to a place of retreat so that we can hear um, what God is, is saying amidst all the other stuff that's going on around us. And, and this, I think, has become even a more significant passage in our day because it is so hard to be still and quiet today. I mean, there's always noise going on. Always something. I had a conversation with an individual this morning. And they said, you know, I needed to have a real significant conversation with uh, my, my parents. And I had to ask them three times, can we turn the TV off? You know, so that we can really be with each other and not have the distractions. Uh, later um, this morning, we're going to have the ordination installation of new officers in the church, the new deacons and elders. And we, we took a day, Friday evening through Saturday afternoon, to, to go away to a retreat center and to take some of that time and focus in the Scriptures, pray with each other, and even took an hour really just of being a, a silent in a prayer stations, just being different exercises to try to be still. And be with God because, and, and even during that time, made a point to tell everybody, turn off your phones, you know, for this hour. Um, and so there's an, an importance. Um, and uh, another passage we won't look at today where uh, God is, is called the still small voice. He's called the sheer silence. And he speaks in sheer silence. That's a, a mystery of God speaking to us you know, in that quiet place. I remember um, this was actually about 11 years ago now. And I was at Scarrett Bennett Retreat Center in Nashville, Tennessee. It's right next to Vanderbilt University. It was a pastor's, the, um, a pastor's uh, retreat that was there. And so I went there for the, for the week. And during one of the... Um, afternoons that was we were uh, had some instruction and we were told to go out by ourselves be um, and just be and just uh, um, listen to the Lord and um, be turn everything off and and during that time um, uh, distinctly remember and it's sort of how it works uh, I tend to encounter God the most is just a, a sense in my mind of different things coming to mind and usually a picture of something, a, a vision, a, a, of just a, an image. Um, and there was a real sense of 
freedom in that time, even um, flying away, and then of a, a door opening. Um, and sat with the Lord to say, oh, what, what is that in a real sense of freedom of saying it's time for you to move on, time for you to move to the next place. And that actually started a year and a half journey of trying to engage. I got what exactly were you doing that eventually had us land here? Um, now, uh, we, we believe that was all God's leading. There may be some of you that question that um, today. But uh, look back at that time and know that that silence was one, if we hadn't, hadn't taken that silence, never, and had that encounter, never would have done you know, the things that you do to have to move a family of five, um, unless we'd, otherwise you just sort of keep going. You know, you stay on the gerbil wheel, right? You just keep it moving. And so one of the ways that we encounter God is in that still small voice, uh, in that, that place of silence. Romans 1, 19 to, to 20, is a place where we're, we're told you can encounter God in creation. You know, for, for what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. Ever since the creation of the world, His eternal power and divine nature, invisible though they are, have been understood and seen through the things He has made. That we can encounter God in His power, in His beauty, in all of the things that are around us. I mean, even even this morning, right? It didn't really start to snow until 7 this morning. And so when uh, Dennis and I arrived here, there was no snow on the ground. And then next thing you know, you're doing stuff and you look out the window and boom, there's a blanket, you know, of white, all around, just saying, how'd that happen? You know, where did that come from? That is just beautiful. That is, especially since we're already here. Um, that is, that is gorgeous. You know, to to see that that beauty, and and you know, the, the that is true. I mean, everywhere we go, that we look, and just uh, um, just in our backyard, our front yard, is the, the marvel of, of God. This is from uh, Elizabeth Barrett Browning, um, uh, from Aurora Lee, a poem of hers. Earth's crammed with heaven, and every common bush afire with God. But only he who sees takes off his shoes. The rest sit around it and pluck blackberries and daub their natural faces unaware. Earth's crammed with heaven. Yeah, and so, if we expect to encounter God, I mean, He's put and created and formed things all around us. That if we have eyes to see, we're overwhelmed with His beauty and His glory. Now, another way that uh, God speaks to us is through heavenly beings. You know, angels. Luke chapter 2. Um, with the, uh, the angels appear to the shepherds at the birth of Jesus. In that region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. 
For see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. We, we talked about this passage a couple weeks ago and mentioned, you know, that, that angels, we some think of sort of fat cherubs, you know, little um, 19th century white fat babies as, with, little, with wings as angels. But that's really not the words that are used to describe angels. It's the heavenly host or that term is used for armies. That, that, that angels are armies. They're, they're like soldiers. And we had fun with that a couple of weeks ago and had football players with uh, wings as our angels. And that's really more what angels would be. And, and after sharing that, um, uh, uh, one, one of you here shared with me about one of the, the youth in the uh, um, youth group uh, who had uh, um, had an encounter with angels. Um, just didn't know it. Um, and that this, this uh, um, teenager was praying in a, in a particular time of, of distress. And, and, and when in the time of his prayer, he saw these hulking figures in the room with him. And much like the, the, the shepherds was scared to death and went and talked to somebody. said, what was going on when that was happening? And they were like, no. Those, those are shepherds. Those are the, the angels. Those are what angels look like. They're, they're, they're telling you that they're with you. They've got your back in the midst of your troubling time. Those kind of they're heavenly kind of interactions where, where God sends messengers or messages that are for you in that time in ways that are supernatural. Um. A good friend of, of, of ours in Mobile, Farouk Hassan. He, he's Egyptian. He's Muslim in his uh, background. That's how he was raised. And he, as an architect, came here to the United States. And during a very troubling time in his life, he was driving down the interstate in Detroit. And as he was driving, uh, he sees the, a picture, uh, the, sort of a, an image of Jesus on the side of a skyscraper in downtown um, Detroit. And it, it was like a clear as day. The picture that he thought what Jesus looked like is what was on the side of that building. And it was uh, you know, overwhelming, terrifying to him. And he, he pulled over. And that starts his journey of then becoming a follower of Jesus. Yeah, so there are those kind of encounters, those supernatural encounters with Jesus um, in, in the ways that are, there's the contemplative ways, they're seeing in nature, and then there's the, the, the supernatural ways. But in, in every of those ways and some others that we'll touch on in a minute, what what want to focus on is what God's desiring is to encounter us in that, to be with us. In that time, Revelation chapter three, um, uh, verse uh, nineteen and, and twenty. The, this is coming from you know, John's writing to the, the churches in the beginning of the book of Revelation. He says, "I reprove and discipline those whom I love. Be earnest, therefore, and repent. Listen, I'm standing at the door knocking. If you hear my voice and open the door." I will come into you and eat with you and you with me. Yeah? So there, there is this, this is what Jesus desires to, to encounter, to be with us, to eat with us, to walk with us in the everyday part of life. And he is there walking, knocking, as, as many say, God is a gentle uh, person. God is a gentle God. 
You know, it doesn't barge in often, but knocks. And we participate, and we open our eyes and ears to, to hear from Him and to walk with Him. Now, the, uh, um, the, oftentimes we use this passage, uh, some have used this like evangelistically, where you use it with non-Christians. But I want you to know the context is not with non-Christians. It is in the midst of talking to the seven churches in the beginning of Revelation. He's talking to us. He's saying, listen, this, this is not just sort of that one-time deal where you come to know me. This is an everyday worship where I want to walk with you and sup with you and be with you and hang out with you. Me with you and you with me. Encountering Jesus in our everyday. Now, um, Penny Sauer, I'll invite uh, Penny up uh, forward and just her experience with that. Penny's on the the session worship team that's been uh, um, really done the the study to really, uh, that's behind this series, that's behind the middle hour, that's behind the uh, um, uh, material during the week, during the devotional guides. And um, they, they spent a good, you know, year, year and a half just in fasting and praying and discussing together. and uh, just sharing one of her experiences that highlights encountering God. Thank you. Good morning. Um, well, I guess at one time I would say that I was someone who thought that on some Sundays I encountered God when I was here, and on some Sundays I really didn't, and I wasn't sure if he was present. Um, on one particular Sunday I was actually playing in the worship band at the second service, and uh, after the service was over, I was putting my instrument away over there, and I was thinking, you know, I just didn't feel God's presence here this week. Um, I'm wondering if there's something that we as a body did to keep God from, um, kept, kept him away or something that we could have done to be more welcoming. And so I was concerned and thinking about that. So as I'm walking out into the atrium, I ran into someone, and this person greeted me and said, wasn't that a fantastic service? I really felt the spirit moving. Well, I was shocked, <laughs> um, I have to say. Um, I thought, okay, uh, the, God was here, he was present, people were encountering him, and somehow I missed it. So that was a wake-up call to me. Um, I began to think about uh, what had gone on in that service and what um, might have caused me to miss that whole experience. And um, I had to think, of, and, and as I realized about it, I thought, well, I had my mind on something else other than worshiping God. Um, I had to have to admit and confess to you that I was uh, probably not as prepared as I should have been with my music. Now, there's a couple of you in here who have taken some saxophone lessons with me. And yes, I did just say that. <laughs> and yes, that did happen. But I wouldn't recommend it because uh, when I um, came up, I had to really concentrate on what I was playing and what I was doing to make sure that I didn't mess up and distract all of you from your worship by playing wrong notes. So um, instead of thinking about and worshiping through my music, I was concentrating on that. So um, I had to think, though, you know, there's probably some other weeks when I'm sitting in the pew and I'm just thinking about, a concern I have or a, my to-do list for this week, and I'm not really focusing on God. So this, this was indeed a, a wake-up call to me. Um, as I've been in this uh, worship uh, session worship committee uh, for the last year or so and studying the scriptures, you know, it became apparent to us that God is here each and every week and that uh, he's the one who invites us to worship, just as Drew was telling us last week, uh, not the other way around. Uh, but it's up to me to make myself available to um, 
see, see him here and to encounter his presence um, and make him welcome in my own heart. Um, my goal now is to remember to keep the Sabbath um, day holy. And uh, to me, that one thing that that means is just when I come into a service, just emptying my mind of other things uh, that are going on so that I can be available to um, concentrate on God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, his worthiness, and what he has to say to me on that day. Um, some weeks I'm more successful than, than others on that, but um, he has been faithful in uh, helping me to feel his presence and uh, have sweet um, an en- encounter with him when, I, uh, when I'm available to that. So um, fast forward now to November of this last year. I was actually um, leading worship with the worship team, and I was prepared with my music this time, but um, I became so absorbed in worshiping the God who is, uh, who is who's worthy of worship and worthy of praise, uh, no matter what else is going on in my life, that I completely forgot what was happening next in song. So <laughs> I uh, just kind of stood there, and thankfully the worship band was prepared, and they just kept playing and waiting and repeating, and <laughs> finally when I regained my thoughts, we went on, and I don't know that anybody else really noticed it. But uh, is that the way that I would have chosen that song to go coming into it? No, probably not, because I like things to go a certain way. But um, the encounter um, that I've been uh, available to have to God, or I made myself available to God, I wouldn't trade for anything in the world. So I just want to leave you with uh, one scripture, 1 Corinthians 2.2, which says, For I have resolved to know nothing while with you except for Jesus Christ and him crucified. Thanks. Thanks, Penny. Thank you. So, so there's our part of opening that door, of having that expectation that we prepare and we're alert to what God is, is doing uh, around us um, all the time. Um, the, uh, another way that we engage and, and encounter God is, is very active. Um, it, it's in the activities of life. Um, uh, uh, one, one passage to look at is in Isaiah chapter 6. I'm flipping them on you there, Susan. Um, uh, so if you can go to Isaiah 6. Do you have that one? The next one? Okay. Thank you. Um, uh, and uh, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lofty, and the hem of his robe filled the temple. Seraphs were in attendance above him. Each had six wings. With two they covered their faces, and with two they covered their feet, and with two they flew. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. The pivots on the threshold shook at the voices of those who called, and the house filled with smoke. Do you remember... The very first thing Isaiah said, it was in the year that King Uzziah died. It was in the normal events of life. When the king died, that wouldn't have been a happy occasion. There would have been reaction and response. And it was as he was responding to that, as he was thinking of the worshiping community, there was one where he then encountered the living God in a holy and pure way. Just as Cedric was, was saying uh, earlier with his neighbor in that everyday event of, of, of death to say, wow, you know, encountered God even in that time. 
So even in the worst of times, maybe even especially in the worst of times, we're more prepared and ready and tuned in to encountering the living God in those times. Isaiah also has one in Isaiah 58. Um, one uh, where he, we encounter God in very active times. Is, is, this is the voice of God. Isaiah is telling us what God is, is telling us. Is this not the fast that I choose to loose the bonds of injustice, to undo the thongs of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free and to break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into your house when you see the naked, to cover them and to hide yourself from your kin? Then your light shall break forth like the dawn and your healing shall spring up quickly. Your vindicator shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call and the Lord will answer. You shall cry for help and He will say... Here I am, if you remove the yoke from among you, the pointing of the finger, the speaking of evil. It's when we are actively obeying, actively pursuing justice, actively caring for those that are in need, actively feeding the poor, actively seeing those without clothes and giving them clothes, actively doing, preventing what is evil and doing what is good, that Jesus tells us, here I am. In Matthew 25, he says the same thing. When you have, whatever you have done unto the least of these, you have done unto me. To encounter God is to, to carry out things in, in righteousness and justice. To, to see before you and care for those who find themselves in particular need in the moment. We, we don't just do that as a result of God being at work. We do those things as well in order to encounter Jesus in the midst because He goes ahead of us in those active pursuits of justice and righteousness and goodness. I still remember vividly, and this was, gosh, 20 years ago, now around uh, well around Christmas time, and uh, it, was, uh, it was back when we were living in Charlotte, and we had a, a ministry called Breakfast of Angels, and we would drive vans to the the homeless um, shelter, the, the men's homeless shelter, and bring the men to then the fellowship hall, and we'd have breakfast, and we did that every Wednesday morning, and this was one around Christmas time, and we were gathered at our tables, we'd eat, and then we would gather and sing, and and uh, we'd have a, a devotion together and pray together. And uh, still remember the, the table over from me in Beard Hall. That's what we called that fellowship hall there. And, and there's a gentleman there, weathered skin, very thin, very disheveled, very unkempt. Um, uh, he um, uh, had a scar just below his, his uh, left eye. And uh, we were singing Joy to the World. And he was singing it. I'm not sure what tune necessarily he was singing. Because it wasn't the tune of Joy to the World that the rest of us were singing. But he was singing with tears coming down. He was singing with gusto and energy. And I'm sitting there looking at him wondering, what 
does he have to be joyful about? And as I'm there, just a little perturbed about having to get up so early and drive the vans to go get them, I'm struck with Jesus in my friend's face. And I just start to weep. Because that man had a joy that I wanted. Encountered Jesus in the very relationship with those who were in such deep need that I received from Him. We, we encounter God. We encounter Jesus in all of these ways. But, and all these things can, uh, that, that we do, we, we, we can get st- stuck in, in, in doing them for the, the purpose of doing them and, and not remembering the very point is to encounter Jesus. So if in your prayer life you know, you're not encountering Jesus, well, then it's time for you to go serve. You know, and if you're serving, and in your serving, you're growing weary, it's time for you to go pray and to go be still. You know, so you, in our own encounters, in your own personality, some of you know that you're going to meet Jesus more often in times of silence. And you're going to live there more. Don't, don't begrudge the other who meets Jesus in more active ways. And don't judge them. And, and, and there's others of you that are, that are just going to meet Jesus in the kinetic places of life. And you've got to go be doing and doing and, and doing. And that's where you see Him. You see Him in those carrying out those acts of justice. The same is true. Don't begrudge the others. Nor judge the others. Because what we're doing is seeking to encounter Jesus in that. And different people encounter Him in different ways. It's part of the beauty of God's community and why we want to be a community of all different kinds of people so that we can encounter Jesus in in more full ways not not just in the ways that a few of us do it or a few of them do it that, that's hard work but the benefit is encountering even more of the face of Jesus together so we, Jesus is there, present, inviting us to encounter Him throughout our everyday existence. And, and we want to keep our eyes and ears open and look to encounter Him in the silence and in the activity and in all that's in between. Now, in a moment, when we call the elders and deacons up here, particularly for them, and and you're going to be promising that you'll be praying for them. And what we really want to be praying for them is that they are encountering Jesus in their their life individually and in their life together, in their work together as a deacon board and as as a session, as the elders of the church. Because we want them to be encountered, not, not to just do this sort of so that the church makes it. So that the church, we want the church to make it. We want to make our budget. Yeah, we want to keep uh, the ice off of the, the um, parking lot, right? We, we want those things to happen. But, but that's not our ultimate purpose, right? We, we want them to be encountering the face of Jesus 
in what they're doing as they make decisions and lead and guide according to his, according to his will, just as we want for ourselves. To encounter the face of Jesus in the silence and in the activity of our every day. Amen. Let's, uh, let's pray together. Almighty God, help us to see you and experience you through it all, in, in every moment, and in, in every way. For the ways and places we need to make time to be still and quiet, help us to make wise decisions and do that. For the, the ways that, that we need to be looking for you in the midst of the activity of the day, help us to do that. Help us to continue to learn and grow in our our capacities to hear and see you all around us. We we take this time as well, Lord, and we lift up one another to you. We, We lift up our brothers and sisters, particularly those that find themselves in need, find themselves in in troubled times, whether it's physical healing, whether it's the folks in need of work, whether it's folks in need of uh, reconciliation in relationships. We lift them before you. Hear the, the cries of our heart as each one of us have different people come to mind or different ways that we need your, your healing, that we need to encounter you in our own lives. That that friends, loved ones, or even enemies need to encounter you. We lay them before you. Pray particularly for Joe Briner as he has surgery tomorrow. Pray your healing hand upon him. For for Clem Mertz as he was uh, uh, admitted to the hospital um, this last week. Continue to pray for Nick Yaw and uh, your healing hand upon him um, uh, for cancer. We lift up uh, as as well um, Nancy Himmer and Bob Fall and give you thanks that they were released from the hospital. And we are sure to, to give you thanks for the ways that you do encounter us in ways that are healing and life-giving. We lift up these concerns that we've given voice to and the, the concerns that we may not have spoken audibly but in our hearts minds we lay before them lay them before you thankful that you hear and respond and we are sure when we see your response to give you the glory to give you the honor in the name of jesus we pray and all of god's people said amen